You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Won't apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies and actors. Words. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Life's more fun when you're out finding adventure together, and the new Santa Fe is designed to help you get more out of that quality time. The Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV with intuitive technology. The newly designed Santa Fe offers H-Track all-wheel drive capability, intuitive tech, and safety features to get you where you're going with confidence and the personalized style to do it your own way. An SUV with family fun in mind that proves that out together is truly better. It's got H-Track all-wheel drive, dynamic safety features, dual blind spot view monitor, and user profiles with a 10.25-inch full-touch infotainment screen. To learn more, go to Hyundai.com. Honey Girl, a coming-of-age debut by Morgan Rogers, follows a young black woman just finishing her Ph.D. in astronomy who impulsively gets married in Vegas and decides to leave her perfectly ordered life for a summer in New York with the wife she barely knows. Honey Girl is available now wherever books are sold. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie and this episode is hosted by Ryan. Now, if you are someone that is into animation, then stay tuned for this episode. I think you are going to enjoy and get a lot of great knowledge from these fantastic animators that we have featured on this episode. Sci-Fi has partnered up with these incredible black animators and filmmakers to create video shorts that represent their experiences through the lens of science fiction and fantasy. We're excited to bring on the following three animators in this episode. Brannett Green, Pro Tales, and Sky Shields. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this animated episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. And even though we are past Black History Month, it is so important to keep the conversation going about diversity in so many different fields. So I'm so excited to bring you these segments I have coming up for this episode. So for Black History Month, Sci-Fi got together with six uh, Black animators, filmmakers, and decided to let them create shorts to kind of talk about their experience and share their experience. So um, I'm so excited to bring you some of those. Starting with our first segment, I am bringing you the wonderful Black animator, Scott Shields, who is uh, joining me. How you doing, Sky? Pretty good. Thanks for having me on. 
So this is so cool. We got to start from the beginning. First of all, I got to start from the very, very beginning because your name is really cool. Like, I feel like if I want to talk to an animator or if I want to like, it kind of makes me think of like superhero animation too as well. How did, how did you come up with, where did uh, Sky Shields come from? You know, every time I asked my parents, they told me a different story. So yeah. my mom said my dad wanted to name me Mountain and then they compromised on Sky. Uh, <laughs> my brother got the cooler name. He is Summer Justice Shields. So, wow, that's they, really cool. They had a, you guys uh, are starting your own little superhero family there. Exactly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, so I, that, was, that was all them, and I'll take whichever story they come up with for it. Right, yeah, that's yeah, super cool. Love it. Um, what uh, talk about getting into animation? Because you know, like all for all the people out there, you know, the um, black kids, little kids out there wanting to get into animation, don't see a lot of black people, black animators getting into that. How did you get into it? What was the pull for you? You know, it was a mix of things. So really early on, I don't even recall when we saw it. At some point, my brother and I had seen, a, you know, how to do animation project. So we mm -hmm. had a, we would take a little camcorder and you hit record, stop, record, stop, record, stop. And we would do animations oh, wow, on yeah. our camcorder. We would do little animations of, we had little, uh, little X-Men action figures, I remembered. We have them slowly do their little stop motion fighting. Um eventually the in pasadena where i grew up they had one of the schools there had an option for an arts magnet high school so that was focused on it was you know narrowly focused on trying to get you a career in the arts so it was you got to go we got a tour of pixar so i remember seeing pixar back when uh this is going to date me but this is back when they were still working on the first toy story and they used oh, to have wow, that's cool. yeah they brought in the um all the animation was stored on these giant hard drives that they had to carry on pallets. And I remember oh, seeing that. Yeah. They were talking about how long it took to render one frame. So really early then, then took a detour in a completely other direction back into uh, you know, the sciences. I wasn't sure if I wanted to be arts or physics or uh, at the time politics. I felt mm -hmm. that, the time that it was, you know, there's a real need to, changed the world. And so then I took a detour into doing a lot of work internationally in politics uh, and only came back to animation quite a bit later after that. And uh, when I had used it, sort of refined skills a bit on actually doing scientific visualization. Mm -hmm. So it's a long, windy path, but this is how I got back here. Yeah, it's, it's crazy how this, how your kind of passion just kind of take you down this little journey. You're like, okay, I finally found, you know, where I'm meant to be, where I can kind of share my story. Um, so mm -hmm. speaking of which, um, before we get to caught, by the way, um, which is Scott Shields for our listeners that I know this is um, a short he created for Crowdfire. But before we get to that, you actually did a um, tale of the blanket octopus for the National Geographic. Oh, and yeah. I kind of wanted to touch on it for a little bit because I think this is for me, this is one of the cool things about animation where you can kind of touch on certain subjects. And sometimes it's a little bit easier how you can kind of slide it in the subject matter because yes. it's animation. And sometimes people are thinking about it. Can you talk a little bit about that project? So that was fun. That was kind of, it was a neat, that just happened to be a sweet spot for me because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm like, again, my, my background in the sciences, in particular, I love, uh, you know, animal peculiarities. And right. that was one that I liked. One of the, one, uh, uh, an animal I'm particularly attached to was the blanket octopus because it had all mm -hmm. these sort of real properties to it. It's this, right. it has, I think, the most extreme sexual dimorphism. So, the females are about three meters long and the males are mm -hmm. about three inches long. 
Uh, it actually took them a long hey, time to find a male. I did not know that. Male. We're an activist act. I did not know that. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it took them, I think they found, they used to only find dead males. Uh, oh, they never man. Found yeah, because they died shortly after mating. They had, they, I don't know, uh, you know, it's animal. I don't know what rating you get for animals, but the way they mate is they basically push all their semen into one arm mm-hmm. and they rip it off and hand it to the female. And then she puts wow. it in a little pouch. Yeah. So you find the females and she'd have a bag full of these arms, but yeah. then you'd have no males anywhere. And occasionally you'd see a dead male floating around because he died after giving the arm. Uh, yeah, so was, man, the female's taking over and it's okay. No, exactly. That's all there was. So it was, you know, fantastic. And then she has all these great techniques uh, as where other octopuses use ink to try and fend off predators. She would release, mm-hmm. she has a webbing between her legs and she releases that and it becomes a sort of decoy octopus that she can use to chase people off. Right. Anyway, it was a wonderful, surreal thing. But then uh, Tongla had approached me saying that National Geographic had this project where they wanted to do a late night spot, um, which mm-hmm. they've now canceled, but it was sort of a, uh, it was sort of a stoner uh, who loves animals <laughs> spot. Yeah. And I thought, yeah. you know, this Perfect. This is made for me. Uh, <laughs> that one. Uh, yeah. I wanted to do it in a little kid style. I loved the idea of somebody trying to explain that back. So I had my friend's daughter. Yeah, yeah. I just I gave them every. I drew a little comic book for her. So she was four mm. years old. So I drew a little comic book which had everything in it, and I asked him to read her that as a bedtime story. And then after that, to have her come back and explain it to to uh, us for the camera. And she gave this amazing explanation, which you heard in the video. It was just adorable. And, you know, she did the, what I hope she would do. She does these fantastic little detours, um, mm-hmm. you know, what her takeaways were. But then also gave a very accurate description of what happened because, you know, she's a little kid. She's a sponge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so based on that, and I used a kind of a childlike animation style that I wanted to toy around with. And uh, as I came together, they loved it. Uh, unfortunately, that was right when some mergers happened. So... There was mm-hmm. some question about yeah, whether or not, yeah. uh, to get the order, it was Fox got National Geographic, Disney got Fox, mm-hmm. and then uh, yeah. it, it was a question of how family-friendly I think the late-night stoner block was actually going to be. Yeah, and yeah, that's why I brought that 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 as well, too. Yeah, that's really interesting, yeah. But so um, I like that. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, I appreciate oh, no, no. the chance to be reverent, but, uh, you know, also informative and accurate. Mm-hmm. I think those things can go yeah. hand in hand. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I love that about animation. I think that's so cool to be able to do that. Um, but you brought up Tongle too um, to kind of segue here into sci-fi. Tell us about how that um, how that came about. Um, you know, they've been really great to work with. Uh, it's actually another base. A friend of mine had been working with them, and it was, so actually, let me so rework the story. So the way that came right, about right. This, that specific project was my friend had been working with them, had been mentioning them to me. And then he saw an ad for that, and he was like, this is what you do. You do weird animal stoner things. And, uh, and so, you know, sent me that. I pitched that. Uh, it turned out that uh, um, we had been sort of, you know, had some familiarity before. I'd done some music videos that they had seen, uh, yeah. Steve had seen. And uh, it just, it, it, that grease the skits. We just, our working relationship started pretty quickly. And so since then, we've done other projects such as this sci-fi one and a few other sci-fi bumpers. It's, just, it's mm-hmm. been a, a fruitful collaboration. 
And, you know, to me, um, to get into caught a little bit here, caught feels like, you know, if you're in this like nerdy world and you're supposed to go to bed, right? But you like, you look at something like whether it's comics or you just looking at something you're not supposed to be looking at, you know somebody's here to come in and catch you, is what it felt hey. like to me looking at it. It's so cool with the animation and everything. Walk us through, um, talk about your inspiration for it and kind of walk us through. Let's get a little nerdy with it. Kind of walk us through you creating this and everything because it looks so cool when you check yes. it out. Sci fi wanted to have something about the, you know, the black experience and genre and sci fi. Uh, it was something that I you know, grew up around that pay, played a really important part in my childhood. So I love the idea that this is what we need to illustrate. Um, and then the sort of funny one for this project, I ended up with a day to brainstorm, which I like. I enjoy having a very short brainstorm window for projects because mm-hmm, it just mm-hmm. forces your mind to come up with something that's rough, that's unfiltered, that you can refine later. Right. What I remembered was being, I had a, as a child, a sort of a love, you know, love-hate relationship with the dark. It was terrifying, but also the best thing ever. Uh, yeah. Like I said in the interview, I did sci-fi that it feels like, you know, dark rooms are like a blank canvas. Your mind just goes and you start painting things instantly, especially as a kid. Uh, and I did do, as you said, I remember being younger, sent to bed, and I had a watch that had a light on it. And I would use the, the watch light to keep reading when I was in bed. Uh, and so I just like that. And then the, uh, it allowed me to kind of, re-explore some of that with my, you know, watching mm-hmm. my sister's relationship with my nephews. Um, and I had them do the voices for it. So I had my sister and my nephew, you know, perform. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they're, you know, they were familiar with the whole kind of, with the phenomenon as well. But yeah, I like the idea of you've got this like wild imagination happening and the real world encroaches mm-hmm. on it. But then you've still got your secret relationship there that you want to, uh, yeah, you've got, you've got the secret, very special relationship with the dark and with the things that are happening in the dark. And I wanted to illustrate that. Yeah. How long How long did it take you to grade it? Uh, the writing of it, honestly. Uh, the yeah. actual writing, honestly, that was about five hours. <laughs> and, oh, you know, wow. Yeah, you know, it feels so quick to us. And to imagine five hours, you sitting down for five hours. It's crazy. Yeah. It's just sort of, you know, you're kind of thinking of, I, I, I do like the, I, I think there's a value, there's a value to, uh, you know, completely worked out ideas, but then there's a value mm-hmm. to make sure that what comes out is the purest thing that comes out of your head. So I like that. Yeah. I like the brainstorming. So this was yeah, and what, um, what kind of like, like, what, is it a certain style of animation for this one? Because I thought it was very cool how you got to see the character where the, the background was sort of coming morph, uh, morphing like in and out, so to speak, as he was kind of oh. walking throughout the room. So that was fun. I did. I wanted to play with a newer technique on this. It's similar. It's a variation on what I had started for the Tell the Blanket Octopus, trying to use um, a lot of 3D animation techniques, uh, okay. but combine them with 2D animation in such a way that it feels. Uh, yeah, I've got a real. I have a real love for ink. I love. I've always loved working with ink since high school. I had a whole mm-hmm. set of you know, dipping pens. I love fountain pens. I love the actual ink wells to work with. Uh, the you know, splatters and textures, and those are fantastic. So where I can, I try to take those and incorporate those textures, but then there's just a range of motion that you can really only get with 3D animation. Mm-hmm. So I try to use the 3D animation as a either a base reference for motion or the actual motion itself. Um, for this one, I pulled, I, you know, had the model of the, of the, of the little boy character in there uh, mm-hmm. in his outfit. I modeled the room and I used that for the rough lights and dark. So you've got the light. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Made them very stark white, very stark black. 
Mm-hmm. Um, brought those lights and darks into uh, another program, After Effects, where I usually work with my textures and things. And then okay, I had a bunch okay. of textures that I've been gathering. <laughs> this one, actually, all the textures in this came from a trip to India a couple of years ago where I just oh, been wow. going yeah. through it. Photographing. Uh, my mm-hmm. fiance thought it was hilarious because, you know, he's taking pictures of all the, like, the buildings and landscapes and I'm here photographing the ground and walls and posters. <laughs> yeah. I have these like, wonderful little grainy textures there. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's, those. Cool. yeah, it's so cool, yeah. Those are yeah, what I use. Those, those form the background. <laughs> I use those to break up the black, the darks, blacks, and whites, and then uh, the color pass. I did a little making, a short making of video to show the color pass. The color pass again is all the textures that we photographed in India, also. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, uh, it's really, it's really dope to see that. Yeah. So I was hoping I gave it. I was happy with the way the look came. I'm gonna keep. I'm keeping refining that. I actually want to pitch a larger show with that as the kind of feel to it. Somewhere mm-hmm. between that and the blanket octopus feel, the right. kind of a yeah. hand drawn, elaborate motion, because it lets you just, mm-hmm. it lets you build worlds in a right, fun way. Right. I think. What, um, and what too, I guess we kind of touched on it a little bit as far as messages, but was there something else um, that you were hoping, um, you know, being able to share this platform for sci fi for this, a certain message that you were wanting to get out to everybody? Um, you know, was it just the, the fun and be creative, or did you have something deeper that maybe, Maybe we didn't see or that you wanted us to catch. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, so I I think representation often is an end in and of itself, mm-hmm. especially there. So I know this has been something that's been evolving. Um, I don't know. There's, so there's a, a, a so there's a group, a musical group, uh, The Satisfaction um, out of Seattle. Oh, wow, I think they've since broken up. But I remember early on, I read an interview with them that stuck with me where one of the members, I forget her name, but she she coins the phrase black weirdo. Oh, okay. uh, and the she used it to describe, she talked about, she said, yeah, she was growing up, she had all these interests that were, you know, sort of unique. And there was a tendency in the community then to be to say, okay, well, oh, you know, are you acting white? You know, there's this acting white, yeah, you're acting yeah, black. Yeah. And she was like, no, I'm, I'm black. I'm definitely, you know, not acting white and can't act white. Uh, right. So the question is, uh, well, what is the identity there? Now, I like the black nerd has come into prominence. Uh, mm-hmm. I like her black weirdo. Because there's something about just like being there and owning the space. Yeah. Uh, in my mind, it also means sort of defining the space, if that means that. Like, I, I like the idea mm-hmm. that. So I feel like, you know, as black people, historically, so in, in music and in culture, we've been a real defining force. Uh, you know, you know the 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 base format of American music is mm-hmm. defined by you know Black Americans. Of course, everybody's contributed right. into that, but you know the 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 original forms of jazz, rock and roll, all of mm-hmm. these things. Were, you know, all these structures came out of you know what was originally marginalized Black music that everybody else decided that they thought was uh you know that that moved other people and that became the the, right. the base of our culture. Mm-hmm. I like the idea that we keep that up by just being in the weird frontiers and yeah, we're pushing that we push genre that we define it. And in my head, that's what I think of when I think of just, you know, just being there, being, being there, being weird, being the nerd. Being, yeah. Yeah. You know, being free enough to let whatever comes off the top of your head, you know, exist and exist unfiltered. Mm-hmm. So I, I felt like that had, 
I wanted to express a lot of that, but in the in the work itself, I yeah. wanted to use a yeah. style that I you was new that had been sort of pioneered. I wanted to use a story where you know people looking at it would see themselves. So in that, so as far as maybe not a, there was not a a narrative mm-hmm. message so much as it was just a uh, uh, again a message and representation just being there. Yeah, and the yeah. fact that air in between shows on sci-fi was just so perfect i just love that yeah yeah i like it did you have any um that was gonna be amazing did you have any like favorite sci-fi growing up like sci-fi uh tv shows or like movies you would catch on the channel like growing up oh so as a family we so we were very much a star trek family oh yeah um, i mentioned this in the sci-fi interview that this was a uh, um you know we watched that pretty religiously that was mm-hmm. uh you know, great to see that had an obviously like Star Trek has always had amazing representation. And then mm-hmm. uh, we had a combination in the household. Uh, you know, my sister was doing hair. So she had all of the banana clips. So all of us got to strap the banana yeah. clips to our head and be Jordy LaForge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, that's that made a big difference. My dad was an, is an old, old, old sci-fi head. He's a mm-hmm. uh, he's an. Uh, he was at the time growing up. He was an engineer at uh, JPL. We, we lived in Altadena, right outside the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Uh, mm-hmm. He worked at JPL. He had gone to school at Caltech. Um, really appreciated sci-fi as an art form, which is great. So he's an established scientist, but they appreciated right. science fiction. He went gone to school. Yeah, with, uh, cool. Yeah, with David Brin at Caltech, and so when I started off wanting to write and wanting to draw and things, he was super supportive. Uh, and you know, he knew that it would be, I could base it off of, you know, actual science. I love hard sci-fi. I love that these are real ideas that you're working on and you're elaborating, you're taking, you're you're expanding on them. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, so then he (laughs) felt like it was a very important cultural thing to expose us to classic sci-fi. So we watched him with the giant ants, all these black and white films, the day the earth stood still. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was great having that arc of like everything from like the classic to modern, um, having early sci-fi from back when it was, uh, you know, speculative. There was a whole window where you could only find sci-fi horror, which is great in yeah. its own genre. But mm-hmm. you know, there's the sci-fi beyond the sci-fi horror. And it was good to see that and the optimism you got from the from the '50s, '60s. Uh, that was very tempered later on with people I mentioned in the interview also like when I finally found Octavia Butler I remember seeing her oh, book. Yeah. Um, we were at a bookstore and I must have been like eight or something mm-hmm. and you saw these gorgeous painted covers on her books um and then she's just exploring a whole other angle yeah um, of just using speculative fiction the way I think it's most fruitfully used which is just to you're you're giving a mirror and you're giving mm-hmm. kind of a an experimental platform to take an idea that might be hard to explore in the absence. You know, things, questions of culture. She co- covers right. culture, longing, uh, 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 colonization, but mm-hmm. not in, you strip it of the, of the, uh, the trap. You, you're no longer inside of it. You get to view it from the outside and you yeah, see this yeah. elaborate. Uh, and she gets through all the nuances of it with like the alien species that she has mm-hmm. with the, um, you know, the, 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 the powers and abilities of her main characters, but she manages to, in a non-didactic way, but in a, you know, uh, thoroughly immersive way, investigate these questions and make you deal with hard aspects of it. 
and that moved me. I like the idea that that, that made that that sort of work made me realize that you know sci-fi and genre could be this powerful cultural force. Yeah, yeah, it's so cool. That's cool to have that full circle moment of seeing it as a kid and now getting to be part of the the platforms and the networks to kind of showcase your your talents and works as well. Speaking of which, of your talent, because I know you always got something going on going on in your head, something coming out here, something new. Um, you can you tease anything that you have coming up for us, and where can everybody find your work and be able to see call and all that kind of stuff? Uh, so there's a uh, uh, most recent. I'm gonna post it really soon. Just finished a short video, um, a, a lyric video, a Brent Fiaz lyric video, which should be uh that should be when is that? I, I, that actually may have dropped. I don't know if that went live. Um, that was a fun one. That one got to use a lot of religious imagery that. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoy and uh, you know and uh, you know it was, it was a quick turnaround project. It was something that needed to be done in like a week. Uh, but I like yeah. the way it turned out visually. <clears throat> um, that's going to be there. Um, the next thing, possibly, well, there's a couple of ones that I haven't landed yet, so I don't know if I should. Okay, okay, those. just keep it. You keep it guessing. You keep it guessing. A lot, a lot of these are. The, the, most of these will be in the. So my main work is. Uh, uh, a lot of record label music video stuff just because okay. it gives that same structure. They need to turn around yeah. in like a week. So I like mm-hmm. the idea that they, you know, for somehow the record labels never know when they need a music video. So they'll call you at the end and sort of panic. Like, we just need a great idea. Here's the song. And I enjoy the, <laughs> uh, I do enjoy that process of like, okay, I'll stay up tonight and find out the best yeah, visual for this song. Yeah. And so yeah, it's, it's a great feeling you land it. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody's been working well, on this album and they see what you did and they're yeah. just like, oh yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> you, you, like, well, you captured it perfectly. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you only gave me eight hours to work on that, but... Hey, there you go. Let's get bragging rights. If you pull off in eight hours, let's get bragging rights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scott, thank you so much. It's been so great to talk to you and I've been learning so much about animation, music videos, but you even gave us some octopus facts. That's cool. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm glad you can use those. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me on. This is great. This is a lot of fun. Uh, and thank you guys as always for listening and stay safe out there. And I will talk to you soon because we got more of these cool segments coming up. Bye guys. Welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and I'm back with another segment because I promise you guys I'm going to bring you more Black creatives and animators here um, that partnered up with Sci-Fi for Black History Month. But we want to shine a light on them to continue to shine a light on them because we all know diversity and inclusion needs to go year round, not just for one month. So I am so excited to have Brandon Green with me, cartoonist, animator. How you doing, Brandon? All right. How about yourself? doing good um so tell me about I, I was reading a little bit about your bio here you kind of described yourself as a traditional cartoonist and animator kind of break that down for us all new to the animation world what does that mean well um the the traditional animator part that's based that's like the the old disney style of hand-drawn animation mm-hmm. where you animate uh frame frame by frame gotcha now what about what about your traditional cartoonist that's like uh, me drawing like comics and characters and things like that. It's because uh, I also draw comics as well. Like, gotcha. Uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Were you gonna tell us tell us some of your work that you're doing on it? Oh, um, well, I just uh, sometimes I uh, I create like a little web comic called uh, Penguin Heads. It's like okay. a little cartoon uh, yeah. series between penguins and other Arctic characters and.
on the web webtoons. Um, I, I don't know if you heard of the webtoons. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. A website where you yeah. get your own comics there. So I, I I post there too, but on my Instagram and YouTube, I I feature um different animations and mm-hmm. and uh, I'm also trying to create my own little series here and there. That's cool. So what uh what do you enjoy about animation? What does that give you to be able to create like this? Well, animation is like you, I just love the idea of you just creating your own world and your own characters. And then mm-hmm. uh, when I was in school, um, we that when I was taught how to do animation, uh, it just fascinated me that you could just bring all these little all these drawings together, put them together in a video form, and then all of a sudden they just come to life. Mm-hmm. It was it was just it was just a magical feeling, you know. And then not not just making the character move, but also give the character personality and a right. soul and life. Because mm-hmm. you can make you can make a character move, but it's something else when you give them when they're expressive as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I love about animation. And then the audience, you know, gets something from it too. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, you definitely do. And also too, I love like the messages that you can get across through animation, um, especially when mm-hmm. it comes to kids. Um, because you yeah. have a children's book, um, and not is Anaya Mar and Grog explores the uh, solar system, right? It's uh Anaya May and Grog. Anaya May, okay. Grog. Explores the solar system. Yep. Got you. So, break. Tell us a little bit about that, because I I know the solar system is very difficult to explain when it comes to kids. So you gotta you gotta have a creative way to break it down. Yeah. Um. What What I was thinking is also I um um the colors. I thought mm-hmm. colors would be a a good uh point to have them uh differentiate between the planets. So, like gotcha. for example. Mars is red and mm-hmm. Earth is mostly blue and green, like very mm-hmm. grass and stuff like that, and water. And right. then places like Jupiter is like filled with mix of brownish, reddish colors. It's like a gas, so everything is like mixed up. So I feel fig- I figured like the colors would be very important to for the for children to be able to differentiate between the planets and also, you know, that. You know, everything is spread out. Everything is far away. That's why they have to use this spaceship to bounce between different planets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, you guys got to check that out if you get a chance. Um, I know I saw it on Amazon, but yeah, the, the graphics, the, the illustrations are really cool. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about Lady Kia um, and this and partner up with uh, Sci-Fi. How was that um, getting to uh, work on their platform and uh, get to tell your story in that way? Oh, it was it was wonderful. Um, the the team at uh Tongo, they're the they're the ones who helped me um provide notes and stuff between them and Sci-Fi Network. Mm-hmm. So, um, Tongo is like kind of like the I I shouldn't say the middleman, but like they 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 helped me give me uh support and feedback right. on mm-hmm. the because it's 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 basically they put me in like in a production. Uh, mm-hmm. team so it was just me providing like the 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 idea the character and the and scenario of the of the of the cartoon and then and we just go back and forth on notes and edits and what we need to do to make sure we meet the deadline 
and uh, things like that. Mm-hmm. It, was, yeah, it was a good experience. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Did um, so going off of Lady Key here, I'm a little biased because I love that it's a little black girl um turning into a superhero or being a becoming a superhero. What mm-hmm. uh, was kind of your basis on that and and that idea of overcoming fear and believing that you can do anything? Well, it goes back to like uh, your parents or your elders, because um, when kids, when we were young, we always look up to the first person that inspired us or who 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 had a big impact in your life. Mm-hmm. For example, my, my my parents, my mother and my dad and my grandparents, they all had a great, you know, um, shining light in my life, I will say. Um, but in this situation, I, I noticed, you know, I wanted to shine a light specifically on like, uh, on girls because um, on my mom's side, there's a lot, lot of girls <laughs> and on my on my mom's side. And I, I seen them learn and grow together and love each other and that love and support. So I, that's, and that really inspired me. And I, I, don't, I don't see enough stories like that. So I just wanted to shine a moment on that specifically on between the mother and and the daughter in this situation yeah yeah that's very importantly especially the time period that we're living in to be able to see that connection Mm -hmm. and and to see that little girl you know thinking she's defenseless defenseless and she can't do anything about it yeah because there's a there's a lot of situations where in life especially as an Mm african-american you can't there's always something you know and you know or some kind of obstacle and you just feel like oh, how there's just no way I can overcome this you know why mm-hmm. but and there's always that shining beak of hope, beacon of hope that or or a parental figure that 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 says no you can do this you know it may seem hard but use that force of strength within you to overcome it and then all of a sudden there you go you got it right <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, it's such a and like the drawings are cool. I love the outfit. It's so cool um to be able to see. Now you said were you actually um drawing all of this out and they were kind of taking it to the next level, or were you part of like each aspect of it, um kind of creating and all um creating the different animations and everything? Yeah, I, I did just about everything as far as the the um the concept and art and all of that. They just they just provided me like uh, tips on how to make it even even better, like mm-hmm. uh, like the the uh, the title and things like that. So, um, but um, they um, they were really supportive uh, as far as getting my message across. Yeah. So there's no compromise as far as you know the messaging and all of that. They they just they they just wanted me to just go crazy, so to speak, on it. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we like seeing we we love seeing that imagination go because it's definitely cool seeing her kick uh kick the monster's butt in this in this uh short here. Dude, so what's next for uh for Lady Kia? You got a part two going on? <laughs> um I would hope so. Yeah, I would hope so. Um I already have some ideas brewing for like a part two or sequel to it, but uh that's, oh, up that's to, cool. But it's up to sci-fi if they right. want to do that because uh, with things like this, like say for example, the guy who made uh, Samurai Jack, like mm-hmm. Jenny Eratoski, he he created Samurai Jack and Dexter's Laboratory for Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. Even though even though those are his creations, Cartoon Network owns it. Right. 
Yeah. So in this in this situation, it's similar to Lady Kia, but at the same time, I, I'm the creator of it. So they they will have to come to me to if they wanted to continue it. That's hey, well. that's what we like. That's what I want to hear because I'm I'm excited to see if she has she has some more monsters. She got to kick butt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and there's uh there's uh, we were also brewing um um we we were going back and forth on how to create the the universe of Lady Kia as far as like a backstory and how did she got her powers and things like that, mm-hmm. but. I can only fit it in within the 30 second time. Yeah. I was going to say like, how difficult was that for you to like, cause I know you have all these ideas in your head where you want to take her and it's like, okay, you got 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, my goodness. (laughs) It was so hard. Cause I, cause cause when, uh, I had also had a storyboard that I had to build like animatic. Mm -hmm. So when I built the animatic, I, I looked up and it was like, almost a minute long I said oh no I can't I can't do all of this because I only got 30 seconds to build this thing so right um I had to cut out a lot of stuff uh I felt like those were a lot of good ideas to help build the story but I had to I had to like shorten it some more and t- in order to fit it within 30 seconds and uh I, I remember in, in college we we had to do short projects where we where it was almost like a commercial, mm-hmm. um, and so I, I, it wasn't like a, a foreign thing to me. I did it before, but it was it's hard though. Cause yeah, you, you, you got to compress the story as best you can, it's, and at the same time, um, explain the message that you're trying to convey. Yeah, I just can't imagine like you, you did a great job, but I just can't imagine having like all those ideas. And like you said, you used to getting this like really juicy backstory, but it's like I only got 30 seconds. So I got to get this tight. Yeah, <laughs> but um, they, we found some ways to uh, to condense it and still get the story across. So we just me and me and uh, the, the people at Tongle, we went mm-hmm. back and forth and then they just gave me suggestions on how to still book this um the story forth without and cut out a little bit of like sometimes there's certain i had i had lady kia do certain poses and <laughs> but in the animation i can just cut it down a couple of frames yeah yeah and I can do a lot of wonders and still keep it within the 30 second time frame all i had to do was cut out a few frames here and there mm-hmm. so that helped <laughs> Yeah, you gotta cut up. Yeah, but see, we now, but see, now we're excited though. You do such a good job, but we want to see those hidden frames. So hopefully, we'll just cross our fingers for you. Hopefully, we'll get a we'll get a Lady Kia continuation so we can get the backstory and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I want to ask you, uh, going back a little bit too to um, you writing the books and everything. What is what is more challenging for you? Are they about the same? Doing the children's book or are getting into animation? Doing these shorts. Uh, that's a that's a good question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow, does one take longer? To me, it's it's about the same. You know, it it has its own unique challenges because, uh, well, for um, first I had to uh, I have to do storyboards for both the children's book and animation, and also the comics. Whenever I do the comics, mm-hmm. I always start off with a a, a thumbnail and storyboard process but the way I come up with stories 
I don't want to force it. I have to truly think about, you know, what, what the, what the good, what good ideas I can put in and in the story. Right. So I try to find some, uh, sometimes stories pop up in a dream out of randomly, or I could just be walking down the street mm-hmm. and, uh, and an idea pops up. It's like, man, I got to put that down. So I always, <laughs> I always keep a little notebook on my, in my pocket. And yeah, I always, cool, yeah. and I always, uh, write down, um, if I got this unique idea, cause, uh, I don't want to forget it cause I, I can be forgetful sometimes. So <laughs> I just try to, uh, write down any kind of idea that I can and then mm-hmm. work and then trying to polish it up. Once I get right. back, I write it some more and then draw it out. Man. So, yeah. See, I only draw stick figures. So I'd be in trouble, but I mean, I, I'm sure, oh. I'm sure it's, <laughs> I, I, you know, I would definitely have to jot some things down because I know how you guys keep all this stuff straight with the storyboards and everything and making sure you map it out right. No, it's, you could get a lot of the stick figures too. Like as long as it, as you understand it and you, and then eventually you just go back and flesh it out some more, then, then the, then your vision will come to life eventually. It will. Well, I like, so you saying there's a chance. I like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you draw a little stick figures, it, 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 you, you, you got the idea on paper. That's right. already starting. It. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as we kind of wrap here, I want to kind of nerd out with you because you mentioned comics several times. Do you have you have like any favorite comics growing up or any that you're reading right now? Well, here's the thing. Um, growing up when I was little, um, I, didn't, I didn't really get into comics till like around high school. Mm-hmm. But my, what I what I nerded out was with um, animation. That that's ah, the, got you. Okay, that's the thing that really inspired me into. And I didn't. I had no idea you can even make this as a career one day until I got mm-hmm. into like late high school in animation. But going back to the animation part of right, I grew, I grew up on like the like the classic two uh, D animation Disney cartoon movies nice. and cartoons. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, mm-hmm. The Lion King, um, uh, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, and uh, let's see, yeah, just about all those classic Disney movies, and then also this, the the animation you see on TV, like uh, the Looney Tunes, uh, uh, Flintstones, the uh, uh, Cartoon Network stuff, like uh, Dexter's Laboratory, Ed and Eddie. Um, mm-hmm. The anime stuff like Dragon Ball Z, Ronnie Kenshin. Um, I'm just a big fan of animation in general. Yeah. I just love animation. Even the claymation and stuff. I like that too. Like Chicken Run. I love that movie. Oh, so, yeah. I totally forgot about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, I want to ask you too, because you brought it up too. You're giving us a lot of cool little nuggets here that I think will help people out. For anybody that's trying to get into animation, you know, they like or want to be a cartoonist. Mm-hmm. you know, grew up loving animation, what would you give, like, what would you say is a number one tip or, or something that can kind of help them to, to take that leap? What would help me is to, you have to fall in love with the process because mm, yeah. the process is very time consuming and it's, and it can get very um, tedious too, because for example, with animation, you have to draw these poses like 
Like you could draw like hundreds of drawings just to make a character do a punch or, or walk. Mm-hmm. So that could take you like days, weeks, months to even do all of that stuff. So that's the thing. Just don't give up. You got you to gotta fall in love with the process because the pro- you got to do the storyboard. You got to do the, the pre-production part, animation, um, uh, the audio, music, and all that stuff. And the process is similar to comics, except without, you know, adding, uh, well, there are audio comics, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, the, that process is daunting too, because you really have to, you just have to keep drawing and drawing a lot. Right. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Hey, keep drawing. You heard them. Got to keep drawing. Mm-hmm. And then um, also, oh, oh yeah. One thing that helped me a lot was watch a lot of the uh people on youtube draw and uh, oh yeah there is a youtube video for everything that is true <laughs> yeah because because they have all kind of different ways of how they create their projects mm-hmm. the best thing for you to do is find out what fits best for you especially if you're going the independent route it's it's a little different if you do like if you get hired to do a studio so they may have their own way and their own uh, um, tools on how they do things and you have to follow their structure but if you're doing freelance stuff then then you just find you know what makes sense to you as far as pro- uh, as far as the process I say <laughs> gotcha yeah yeah it makes a lot of sense yeah you do you definitely it's like so many different avenues you can find and yeah YouTube is definitely a source because there's so many people on there now and with us at the pandemic, everybody at home, it's a lot of tutorials and everything. So, yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah, there's, I would say there's no excuse now. <laughs> the the <laughs> information is there. All yeah. you have to do is just Google how you animate. And it's a bunch of stuff like that. Or how you make a comic or how you do mm-hmm. children's illustration. It's right there. And and you can watch and you can listen and watch podcasts like this one, you know, to help you inspire. You know, like, hey, this person did this. So I can, I can do it too, you know. Yeah. Well, we appreciate we appreciate the plug, Brandon. We appreciate any time, and it's been so much fun talking to you. I really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. <laughs> and, and thank you so much for, for inviting me. This is this is fun. Thank thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, and make sure you come back. All right, when you get the hand of a uh, hand of Lady Kill uh, Lady Kia, make sure you come back and tell us about it. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I'm I'm definitely got some ideas brewing around. I'm just saving it to because they did did tell me like they could call me in the future. So who knows? <laughs> hey, there you go. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, everybody stay safe. And you guys know I'm gonna continue to bring you these segments of these wonderful, talented uh car- cartoonists and animators again. Brandon, thank you so much. Oh, no problem, Dan. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and we are still going here, you guys, with Sci-Fi for Black History Month. They brought in six um, created, uh, six creatives, Black animators, filmmakers, to share their own experience, you know, to change up the narrative, to keep the story going. And we're sharing it because Black History Month is not just about that one month. It needs to go year-round diversity and inclusion. And today, I am with Pro Tales. He is with me today. He is doing the short, um, the short um, Realization of Excellence. But before we get to that, Mr. Protails, first of all, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. 
And um, first, let's go back to um, cinematography and being a colorist. Can you kind of tell us how you started out with that? And um, I believe I read that you also trained yourself, you know, to do cinematography, took that leap to do something different. So basically, I started out in the music industry um, and I was uh, audio engineer for like 12 plus years. And then I lost my passion for the music industry because it basically went all about like making money and like different kind of like power uh, gameplays. So then I, I quit it uh, um, for six months. And mm-hmm. then I, st- I basically bought a, like a, a cinema camera and one lens and I uh, yeah just went out there to, to shoot stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that's how, how it started actually. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I like that for all of people out there starting, you know, had these ideas in their hair, like, how do I get started? And you talked a little bit about your teaching as well. Um, is that one of the kind of the kind of like the main lessons you have is just getting out there and doing it, just trying something? I try to tell like my students, I'm working at a school right now. I just started actually mm-hmm. like uh, for a month. And I try to tell them like, why are you doing the same thing? You need to get out of your comfort zone. I always there tell people go. to yeah. get out of the comfort yeah. zone, but I yeah. always have like difficulties as well. So it's more like, um, yeah, where I come from, I think. So, yeah, yeah, doing things you never used to. And like, um, for instance, I was already al- always scared to put something out of there. So when I made it like a, a film, like I put it out there and then I just deleted it again because I was scared of the comments and stuff. Gotcha. And yeah, yeah, it's it was hard. Just, yeah, it's uh, hard to see it, yeah. Yeah, it's a learning process, I think. And then, yeah, after time you get better, of course. So, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I still learn like every day, so I'm still not the best, but I try to learn every day and like soak up what I see and just, yeah, go all out. So Yeah. Um, and before too, before we get into your shirt that you created here, um, you have a background working on uh, music, music videos. What would you say, because um, I thought this was a cool story that you had, what would you say was really challenging for you about working on uh, music videos? Like some of the lessons you learned, some of the tips you learned? Yeah. I think the most challenging thing was more like working with different kind of people. So like if you, for instance, watch, watch my show reel on Instagram, you already see like it's so much people, uh, different kind of people I work with. Yeah, so, yeah absolutely. And, yeah. and they are like all different. They all have like different vibes, energies, and, mm-hmm. and just some have attitudes and some are like really cool. And some are, some are still my friends at this point. So <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's like the most uh, challenging thing. Um, I'm used to doing like everything myself. So I'm always getting involved with sometimes I just grab the camera from my DOP and just start filming and changing yeah. angles and stuff. But most of the time I'm focusing on directing and like, uh, yeah, lead the group basically. So, um, yeah, I think that's like the most thing. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing I love in my job. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, um, that's kind of interesting that you mentioned too, wearing multiple hats, how is it, how difficult is that to do? Like you saying, you're grabbing a camera, but then you want to kind of direct the talent though too at the same time. You know, like you having so many go- so much going on in here at one time. How are you kind of like compartmentalized, separating it so you make sure, you know, you give your most to each to each position? That's a good question. <laughs> um, <laughs> you still trying to figure it out? <laughs> no, yeah, a bit though, because normally you have just one job on set. Right. So for yeah, instance, if, exactly. you got, if you're the cameraman, you're the cameraman and nobody's getting involved yep. with you otherwise than the, the, the director, for instance. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm used to working with like small crews and we are gotcha. like pretty okay. tight uh, with mm-hmm, each other. Mm-hmm. So it's more like, yeah, we basically sync or something. 
So it makes sense. If, if somebody knows the cameraman that I grabbed the camera is because he trusts me and he leave me alone because I, right, want, nice, I have yeah. something in my head and he knows that. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. that's yeah how I'm used to uh, work with my crew. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, trust. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty difficult, like to 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 manage everything because I have to like direct, so give mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. clear instructions to the cast, for instance, or the talents, but also like uh, giving like good vibes, like that people. Sometimes you're like with fifty people in a set. I mean, I'm not gonna talk to everybody, but it's just like I'm still there and I'll be nice to everybody. And if I make some new connections, it's perfect. But Mm -hmm. My main job is to is the end result. So I keep yeah. focus on what I see and what I want to have, basically. Right. So, but I right. get involved like with everything, from lighting to like, uh, I don't know, whatever it takes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, speaking of whatever it takes, by the way, um, I forgot to ask you about colorists. Will you kind of break that the best way you can? Kind of break that down for us and what that kind of all involves, because you, yeah. I feel like you, you make you, you will make it sound smooth and easy, but it's not. It can't be that easy. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, like I'm a nerd. Hey, hey, this is Black Girl Nerd, so nerd out with us. Go ahead and nerd out. No, I dive like I'm like always like looking up for information, how I get better, and like uh, and colors is not like popping some colors or just like creating putting some blues in the shadows. It's like more to that. Mm -hmm. And I just figured out what works and what not. And I see like, for example, if you're watching a movie and it's shot on daytime, right. um, and you can basically do like a day to night grade. So you have right, like right. a creepy kind of feel when you're watching it as a viewer mm-hmm, instead of mm-hmm. just like somebody is running to the forest, like, and the sun right. is shining on the back. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. We had like the, the a crazy shoot for, uh, for um, a dance company, a music, a uh, music video. It was for mm-hmm. DJ called Blast Jacks. And mm-hmm. my son was there running. My oldest son, he was running through the forest and we had like, like a smoke machine and we pull like everything out. So the whole forest <laughs> yeah, was under yeah. the smoke and we shot it and it was like super sunny. And then we came in the studio and then we pull like everything down and make it blue and make it like oh, moonlight. So okay, okay. it's just basically creating the right mood. Mm-hmm. So the audience like feels that uh, particular kind of vibe. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, speaking of vibe here, this short, Realization of Excellence, is definitely a vibe. Definitely have you in your feels here. And it's so quick. Um, yeah. But first, um, I want to back up a little bit. Talk about sci-fi. Were you watching all the stuff as a kid on sci-fi? Like we were, like just getting that message like, hey, I'm going to create a short on their platform. Yeah, the opportunity is, of course, like amazing for me. Because they don't play it over here anymore, I think since oh, 2016. No. So I cannot even see it while we oh, made it. Oh, man, so that, yeah. That sucks. But um, yeah, still, I watched it when I was younger. I watched it like yeah. at my parents' place and like I watched it mm-hmm. at my place as well. So um, yeah. yeah, I like those bad kind of movies. Like I'm still watching <laughs> Predator with my younger son as well. So that's cool. But also like the, the, the Sharknado things. Yeah, I like yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, the, the opportunity is of course like huge for me. So mm-hmm. also like that you call me like, or send me an email for, for the interviews, like for me is mind blowing because I'm just here sitting in the Netherlands and just doing my own thing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, we're glad um, you talked to us. Uh, thank, you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. But the, uh, yeah, the opportunity came in because we won like a pitch from, mm-hmm. um, from a, from a team where I worked, uh, with before it's called Tongo, okay. a platform. Gotcha, uh, so I yeah. have like a pretty good relationship with them and they, uh, they pitched it and, uh, yeah, 
we we are like one of the five winners. I think nice, yeah. Very nice. Yeah. So uh, normally we're just animations, but um, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I do like cinematography. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. This is this is like amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now talk about um, if you I don't know you can, you can refuse not to share, but I think it's pretty cool to share it. How long okay. how long did it take you to shoot this? Talk about shoot this and put this together so quick. Yeah, I normally don't put it out there. <laughs> Because like this is a bit dangerous. No. Listen, this is an impressive short. This is why I'm asking you this question because this is very impressive. Like you wouldn't be able to know this if you just looked at it. Yeah. So the deadline we had like I think three weeks for like creating the the project with like uh -huh. the pre work and stuff, and we shot it the last day of the deadline. <laughs> so <laughs> the last day was um, we actually have like booked everything in like a week before, but it didn't felt right for me i don't know what it yeah. was it was like yeah. i was talking to myself we're not gonna shoot it today i'm just mm. like reschedule it um so we did it the last day of the deadline and we went up early and we picked up the the actor uh yeah. in dutch mm -hmm. um and then we shot it in the morning like the whole morning so we went basically walking through the swamp with like uh, six, uh, six oh, crew man. members yeah yeah and and, uh, yeah, we shot it, and then we went back to the office, and then we did the edit and the sound design, and as well as mm -hmm. like uh, the grading. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it was basically a one day project, <laughs> but I, I think Listen. it turned out pretty good. Though. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, you that means you can work under pressure. I like that because that'll be tight. I yeah. would have been like, oh man, we got this one frame. I don't know where I'm going next. So that's crazy. It's crazy that you put all that together like that. It looks it looks really dope. Yeah, um, thank you very much. Talk about 1863 for me, because I think that is really um, important and cool that you kind of top that off or you kind of started your short with that um, That's that uh, significant near, uh, year. Kind of break that down for us and tell us um, what you were hoping people kind of pull from that message you were sending. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, the most important thing is to, like, um, acknowledge that the, that there was, like, the slavery. And yeah. we want to take it out, like, um, we used to, like, the environment, how it is right now. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. why we, yeah, of course, we did our research. And, um, yeah, we wanted to give, like, the going back feel. And we also wanted to show the audience, like, that pain and that mood for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's really important if you know, yeah, where it comes from, that it, like, makes sense to give it the same vibe in the video as well. So, mm -hmm. And not only too, um, with the with the pulling out the the shot of the pulling the mic, one of my favorites um, in yeah. there, because um, it was so unexpected what he was going to do. You're like, what is he getting oh, really? ready to <laughs> bend down and do? Like, what's getting ready to go on? Yeah. Um, so just that aspect of the voice and the music. Um, and then also, too, in the Netherlands, the music scene that you don't hear about a lot, too. I know you wanted to talk about like kind of using your voice. Um, but how did you kind of mesh all that together? Because it's such a little tight frame to kind of go get all these cool messages you were sharing in. Yeah. Um, like, I believe in, like, um, where you come, uh, how do you say that? Like, it really doesn't matter where you come from or the, how do you right. look. It's right. just, like, everybody got the right to speak. So. Yes, absolutely, yeah. The only thing is you need to, like, get out there and, like, mm -hmm. just what I was saying before, like, I need to get out of my comfort zone because otherwise I'm, like, scared to speak, basically. And I think, yeah, yeah. yeah if we can speak what we what we think we um how do you say that like we think we need we own or something did i say it like that yeah. yeah just kind of um, be able to speak your mind and be able to freely express yourself yeah 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 exactly so i think that's like the the message in the story mm -hmm. um i talked to the actor as well like you really want to do this because 
I, I take it really serious. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I feel it. So it was a, like, it was still like a difficult conversation because I mean, yeah. it, it goes way back and it's not mm-hmm. something you just put out there. Um, but yeah, at the end, I still believe like, of course we have to fight for a right, but we always Absolutely. have a voice. So yeah, mm-hmm. if you put it out there, somebody will notice it and it's definitely going to change something. So that's what yeah, I believe. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it's such a powerful message. It's so cool that, and it's like, I'm still in amazement that you fit all that with, within here. Um, what, um, talk about too, speaking of using your own voice and being able to step up and overcoming that fear, talk about your film company, ProTales, talk about starting that and, and, um, you know, just where all that kind of inspiration came from. Um, I think I made some choices in the future, uh, or I made some choices, how do you say that? Like. Um, in the past, like past decisions. Yeah, I made some choices in the past and it was like Mm -hmm. some bad choices and then it put me like in certain situations where it was like, yeah, I don't know. I I couldn't really like handle it or like process it. And then I like, um, yeah, I just started to work because I have like a a big family. I got like four kids. I got like a a fiance. So I got like a lot of stuff together. I got like, like cool friends and stuff. So I think I was ready for a change. And then, yeah, what I already was telling, like, about the, the cinema camera. And I had a job, and my boss was, my former was, boss was telling me, like, uh, yeah, what are you doing here? You're always, like, making videos. <laughs> yeah, But yeah. it was, like, like after, like, a long time that he was, um, yeah, he told me that. I was like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. I really want to mm-hmm. do something what I love. Yeah. And that was, like, really, like, a statement for myself, like, Okay, you're not stable. You don't know if you're gonna make it, but you're definitely gonna like enjoy every day when you drive to your work. So, yeah, I think that's that, that was yeah, the biggest yeah. change for me. Like, mm-hmm. um, and that's still what people try to tell. Like, you have to make some choices to do something. Yeah, what you actually love and believe in, even though it's gonna be a hard a mission because yeah, that's, that's what yeah, I already yeah. noticed. So, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, I'm like. I'm really happy, like driving every day. If the sun is shining, I'm like just like singing in a car and just driving to my office. And okay, what yeah. we gonna do today? So yeah, yeah, that's just that's just and being like, able to pick like whatever projects you want to pick. That's cool and in different talent and concepts. Yeah, yeah, I think like we do like everything basically. So yeah, if you check out IG page for ProTales guys, check it out. It's everything on here. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, you see some behind the scenes uh, stuff, but we also make like uh, concept, creating concepts. Um, yeah, color grading, like building the sets. Uh, last mm-hmm. time we worked with a with an inspiring artist called the Prince, and we built like the set for him. And it nice, was more like yeah. a, a reggae kind of song. And yeah, basically we try to do like everything. I have everything on the control because I think if we do everything with the small crew, we have yeah. we can. Um, we can be more creative. So there are like mm-hmm. no borders what we do. So it really yeah. depends on ourselves, what we make and how, how it looks at the end. So yeah. Yeah. I think that, yeah, that's important. And for everybody, since you, since you are a teacher and you're giving us a lot of little cool tips and nuggets here, we're going to nerd out some more here um, for people that are still starting out that one in the, um, you know, they don't know exactly what kind of camera they want to pick up. I saw you do a lot of behind the scenes on certain stands and stuff. What would be yeah. your tips for like, your start out gear, like a couple things you would tell people to kind of start out with. It really depends on the budget, of course, but yeah, I was going to say, yeah, the budget. Yeah. Yeah. But also not really, because mm-hmm. like, if you like, have like, a, a, I don't know, a 
a cheap camera, you still can make something out of it. I mean, right. you have like, I started out with one lens. It's like a 50 millimeter lens. Like they call mm -hmm. it the 50 nifty, I think. Yeah. And it's so impressive what you can do with one lens. So that was the challenge for me as well. Just do everything with one lens and then make it dope. So uh, yeah. I yeah. think it really yeah. isn't, isn't, isn't about the money. I think it's just mm -hmm. about what you do with it and how you treat the footage, of course, at the end. Like you're just going to put it together or you're going to think when you're editing like, okay, this clip brings like a feel. For instance, right, if you right. see like the sci-fi short uh, uh, film, you see like before he um, he watched the sky and the yeah. birds coming in, mm -hmm. you see his pain. So yes, and then he gets a yeah. sign. So mm -hmm. it's yeah, we just it just fell together. And I think if you just be creative and just do the pre-work uh, good enough, yeah, it yeah. really doesn't matter which camera uh, you use or which like lens you use or. Whatever. I mean, like, of course, for the quality stuff, you need to upgrade. But still, it, yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah, really it's the about, important yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah, and like trusting. It sounds like, too, like you have a very good instinct that you're trusting, too. A lot of people, sometimes you doubt yourself when you're looking like, oh, well, this, this kind of works, but I'm not so sure. You're like hesitant because you're like, well, maybe I got a short deadline. Or maybe people are going to think this is not good and you don't go for it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I noticed, like, in the beginning, of course, when you release something, you want to, like, delete it immediately, like, oh, somebody saw it, and just delete yeah. it, remove it, never yeah. never look yeah. at it again. But I think yeah. that's the process of, like, learning every day and getting better, mm -hmm. because, Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I made, like, a lot of music videos, and not, like, everything is out there, <laughs> uh, and I'm not going to show everything, but it's it's just, like, how you, yeah, grow up, and, and if you're yeah. willing to learn, then, yeah, of course, you get better, so. Right. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool to see. Um, but yeah, we definitely love the evolution. Love what you're bringing in ProTales. Can't wait to see what's next. Um, yeah. By the way, can you tease? I know we're all in the pandemic, so things are kind of slowly moving. We're kind of getting projects here and there. Do you have anything you want to tease? Tell people what they're looking out for, what you got coming up next? Um, I really want to come back to New York because I shot like uh, a wedding last time, a couple years okay. ago. I think three years mm -hmm. ago for uh, like uh, a black couple as well. And it was like the most coolest experience ever. So I, I really tried to network over there and to see what, yeah. what gets out of it. But um, yeah, uh -huh. there's definitely coming more uh, stuff uh, coming up. Um, yeah, and I, I yeah I still do music videos, but I'm more like focused on like film right now at the moment. So okay. gotcha. um, I think there's there's one of my passion is uh, is at this moment. So yeah, a lot of stuff go is going on, but I I would tell you like yeah, just follow my Instagram and uh, and check it out. Cool, absolutely. Well, thank you, ProTales. This has been so much insight. It's been fun talking with you, getting all the details on the film industry. <laughs> thank you for having me. Um, and you guys definitely, um, like I said, go check out ProTales' um, Instagram, IG page, and you guys stay safe. And I will talk to you later. Thank you guys so much. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.